Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. I'll start with my personal update, and if you notice, there is a new intro. There's also a new outro, and I have exciting news. I do have my new website, KathleenGuire.com, up and running-ish. It will be a process, so please be patient. And for now, I will make sure that I post the podcast on the old website, thewholehouse.org and the new one until everything is officially up and running. So I do have more in my personal update. Last week I was power washing the world. This week still doing that and painting and cleaning out storage rooms. And in my writing world, defining home, defining family, and I finished writing defining marriage. So I have a trilogy. But if you're looking for all of the books, you're not going to find them yet because Defining Marriage is being revised and the other books are getting new covers. So these are young adult mystery thrillers about orphans, human trafficking. I'll keep telling you more about that. I don't want to tell you too much because it's not available yet, but just know that that's coming. So I also updated you last week on the Instead of Tips course, which is live. It's ready. And I had said that I was going to do a mini webinar on that last week. I didn't do it for several reasons. And I apologize. I, I don't like to not keep my word. But I think in the current social media situation, it's difficult to keep maintaining things like that because I've noticed that even on my post, people aren't responding. And I've said on my live, because I am still doing a live, usually on Saturdays, that I'm staying off of social media as much as possible because it's just a, for lack of a better word, it's a war zone. You can't even say happy birthday or it's my birthday without somebody arguing. And not sure what all of that is about, but I'm staying off. But the instead of tips course, what to use instead of traditional parenting, is live on Teachable, and I will link it on the website, KathleenGuire.com, and I will link it in the show notes to this particular episode. Okay, so one more little tidbit, and um, you can take this any way you like. I just want to say that what is what has gone on 
and the lives of so many during this time of the COVID and then the the marches for George Floyd and the others who have been murdered. It's it's it is a very difficult time. And like I said last week, if it's hard for us to cope, then it's definitely hard for our kids to cope as well. And I'm just going to add this in. I do not support the organization Black Lives Matter. I do support the truth that Black Lives Matter. And I just want to be clear on that. And if you do your research, get on the actual organization's page and find out what they stand for before you commit to saying that you're a part of that organization because they are anti-family. They are anti a lot of things that I believe in as a Christian. So I'm just telling you, research yourself. I'm not telling you what to do. But I'm letting you know personally, I'm not supporting um, an organization that is anti-family, anti-God. And I won't go in through the whole list because I'm taking up my time for the podcast. Okay. And you can do with that what you like. But I think it's important to let people know where you stand in the middle of all this. So on to our topic. Oh, no, I forgot the community update. So there were lots of listens and downloads for last week's podcast is helping your kids cope. So I was really happy about that. And I've also noticed that many people are going into the backlist and the backlist listens have included the instead of tips. Those are all on there, all eight of them. And another one that's getting a lot of listens is the effects of trauma and brain development. So I'm just going to encourage you, if you do listen, please leave a review. And also, if right now you don't want to hear the noise of what's going on every day on the news and social media, then go to the backlist and find one of the episodes that applies to you right now, something that maybe you're struggling with or you want to be encouraged in. So that's all there for you. Okay, on to our topic, teaching kids to journal. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I'm not going to be able to teach my five-year-old to sit down and write for an hour in a journal. No, you're not. (laughs) There might be some rare cases where a kiddo will do that. But the reason I want to talk about journaling is I did a whole series on journaling in February, a whole month of journaling. And it's a great coping skill. It's a great way of figuring out what we're feeling, why we're feeling those things, what's going on in our brain. And and then when we come up against an obstacle, how are we going to overcome that obstacle? So let's take that down to a kid's level. And yes, I did journaling with my kids before they could write. And here's why. Journaling is a way for you to get from downstairs in that survival mode brain, fight, flight, or freeze, walk up the stairs, and get into that literal, logic, linear part of your brain and begin to process these things. And if we need to do that because of everything that's going on in the world, then we need to remember that our kids need a way 
to process information. They need a way to process what's going on in the world. Now, am I saying that you should sit down and watch part of the news and then journal about it? No, not at all. In fact, I'm going to give you three points that I have that will help you get started if you've never journaled with your kiddos. All right. Well, number one, I already went over. Journaling is a tool that kids can learn to use to cope. So remember that just as much as we can use it to cope, so your your kiddos can too on a more elementary or preschool level. There are different ways of handling this and you don't have to go to the deep, dark subjects when you're teaching your kids how to use journal journaling as a coping skill. And just be forewarned, when you are teaching your kids how to use journaling, you were going to be a major part of that equation. It's not just them and a notebook. So, which leads me to point number two, provide prompts. You are going to provide what your child is going to journal about. And there are so many different fun things you can journal about. It doesn't have to be serious. It's learning the practice of journaling. I had posted on my Facebook page about, you know, if I had unlimited resources and energy, what would I do? That's a good prompt for kids who are a little bit older. But you can start with, if I could have any wish in the world, what would it be? And if you have a preschooler, let them draw what they would have, whether it's ice cream, whether it's a puppy. There's no right or wrong answer in this kind of journaling. There's no right or wrong answer in journaling, period. I'll just put that out there. So you provide prompts. And the older your child is, the more serious or the more in-depth your prompt could be. I used to use quotes from books as prompts, like maybe part of a conflict in a book, or maybe a quote from a famous speaker, maybe Martin Luther King Jr. right now, maybe choose a quote from one of his speeches for your older kids. And I want to talk about teens more next week, because I'm going to continue this series next week. But right now, let's just talk about the younger kids. You might have a very verbal kid who seems to be using his words and melting down a lot because he can't process things. But maybe this child is not a strong writer. Maybe he doesn't have the dexterity yet, or he's afraid he's going to mess up the spelling. So guess what? Let the kids dictate to you. If you give the child a prompt, maybe the prompt is, you know, Um, A pumpkin vine has taken over the world. Somebody has to stop it. And yes, it might be kind of a story, but that's okay. You're still getting words onto the page. The kids are using their logic. They're trying to figure out a scenario. And it's a skill. It's a skill in our brain. You know, Uh, it, it becomes a habit. And when we run into an obstacle right now, it might be a giant pumpkin vine. But later in this kid's life, it might be a fight with a friend or an idea that they come up against that they're not sure if they agree with. And they 
if they've practiced this habit that you've taught them of journaling, then they will be able to process that. They will be able to stop and say, hey, wait a minute. Or you can even remind them, you know what? You wrote that great piece about how to overcome the pumpkin vine. What's a way you can overcome here? Or what do you really think about that idea? And I'm just going to say, I think it's extremely important if a child feels like they physically can't write because of dexterity or they're afraid they're going to spell something wrong. Let them dictate to you and you write it down. Is it time consuming? Yes. Do they say the same things over and over again sometimes? Yes. But here's the thing. It is an amazing process. You will hear your kids say things that come out of their head that you didn't even know were in there. And I'm talking about reasoning skills. And I'm talking about the way that they can develop an idea. It's in there. But because they don't have the ability to write it down, or maybe they don't have the verbal skills to talk about it yet, When you put it in the form of journaling and you provide it a prompt, what's in their head is going to come out. It's going to come out and it's going to come onto the paper through you writing it for them. And you writing it for them frees it, frees them up to keep processing and thinking about it. And you might have to do that for years. Some of my kids were in junior high and I was still being dictated to and writing it down for them because they couldn't process it any other way. And it's okay for us to do that for our kids. It's not cheating. The thing is, if whatever you are doing for your kids is going to help them to the next level in their brain and processing and being logical and linear and figuring out conflict and problems, You're giving them a step up. It's like grabbing their foot when they're climbing up a rock wall and just helping them, boosting them onto that next step. And then they will start climbing and climbing and climbing themselves. So like I said, let me reiterate, even for really young preschool kids, they can do this. And the really fun thing about it is, especially if you have more than one child and you do this activity together You're going to get different answers from each child. And as you read these aloud, kids, they want to read these aloud. Or if you dictated it for them, they want you to read it to everyone. Get the family together and read them aloud, maybe at the dinner table when dad gets home. And this will spur, guess what? More conversations. And then you can put forth more scenarios And these are healthy ways to to do these things. You know, one of the resounding things that I've heard over and over again, which is so true, even I was talking to my nephew, Gabe, um, who edits the podcast. He said, you know, people just don't want to listen to other people. We don't want to hear their side of the story. And that is so true. So why not start to teach your kids how to process information through journaling, even if they're drawing a picture or you're 
taking dictation for them. And then later, you all get together as a family and you listen to each other. The skill of listening is so important. And at this stage, you know, when we're journaling these kinds of things, these activities, and you can make some really fun ones and you can make some really serious ones. There's no wrong. There's no, you're wrong. Or you can't say that. So I'm going to go over the three points really quickly again because I will just keep talking and wrap it up. But here are the three points. Number one, journaling is a tool kids can learn to use to cope. Number two, as an adult, as a parent or caregiver, you provide the prompts for your kids. Don't make them sit there and figure out something to write about. Okay, and number three, let kids dictate to you if they cannot write. If they physically can't write or they're afraid they're going to not get good sentence structure or spell everything wrong, it's okay. Let kids dictate it to you. And I will add, this is not on my list, but I think this is the most important. Take some time to get together as a family and share what you did in your journal And yeah, adults, you do yours too. Do the exact same one the kids did. If it's funny, it's funny. If it's serious, it's serious. This this will propel you into listening to each other and greater conversation. So thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter, plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.